What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Yeah. Philly. Bird gang. Yeah. They got enemies, got a lot of enemies Everybody hating on that bird gang energy They trying to take the wave that we on Check it and respect it, bruh, sports and jump Ooh wee, yeah we got that loud pipe This that show, all bird gangs alike Agel, E-Rock, Evan, the homie Mike Ain't no show keeping up in sight Yeah when you watching them birds play, birds. thoughts go through your mind about some misplays. Backstage politics, right. who's next on the trade block? Tune in to 4th and John, get your answers, bruh. If you be in the city, just know that we get busy. Time there's a whole game, tailgate, we lit it. Cheering on them birds, uh, singing that fight song. E-A-G-L-E-S, we on, look. We from Philly. If you don't know, we run these streets the same way the birds run that NFC East. Giants is weak, skins is trash, Cowboys every season whoop that ass. It ain't no competition, we here for those who listen. Want nothing but the facts, that ego coalition. We could give two fucks about your trash ass team. Our concern is about that black, that white, that midnight green. The feathers on the helmet, bruh, our hearts indebted. Fly, Eagles, fly, what it's about, bruh, I said it, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? We're starting this season over. Starting from ground zero, day one. Sacrifice, man. The season's gonna be here before you know it. Every team is talented. What are you willing to give up? If you want to hold that trophy again and not be that one and done team, now's the time to put in the work. Get better today. The new norm, remember we talked about that at the end of the year. Guess what? The new normal starts today. Wow! 
South Fire Sports Studios. Welcome to the 4th and John 2018 Eagles Offseason Episode 6. Boys and girls, your beloved Eagles, as of yesterday, yeah, are buddy. back at the NovaCare Complex for off-season meetings. And today, a couple of them addressed the media. You had guys like Jenkins, like Wentz, like Ertz, like Hicks, talking to the media almost for the first time since the Super Bowl victory. And I don't know about you, but I grew a little bit concerned. How are the boys going to come in? Are they going to come in sniffing themselves, feeling themselves, feeling like champions, walking in with a little bit of swagger, maybe a little bit too much swagger? Are they going to walk into the Novacare Complex rocking that post-Super Bowl hangover? Well, the one thing that each one of those players said and repeated was the thing that we played during the intro. They talked about the new norm. And that's how you know what coaches connecting with their players when you hear every single last one of those players repeated. But it was a different interpretation of the new norm that maybe the fans interpreted as. The new norm in Philadelphia, as far as the fans are concerned, we talk about new norm is about championships. We talk about parades. We talk about raising Super Bowl banners. We maybe talk about the other sports in Philadelphia winning champions as well. That's the new norm of Philadelphia, right? Winning championships. That's not what it is to this Eagles organization. The new norm is the prep work, the dedication, the hard work, the grit, the determination, the sacrifice that they need to get to that level. And we put a high priority on players like a LeGarrette Blunt coming in with a Super Bowl ring. Now we got a room full of guys with Super Bowl rings. Full of guys that know exactly what that new norm is about. And personally, I was happy to see the boys back and happy to see them ready to go to work and exercise that new norm because nothing is above the repeat. The repeat. Simple as that. There's an echo in here. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter, my <sighs> friend. Rocking the genuine mustache. Yeah, get, get a close-up of that sweet stash he's got going on right there. It's a good look. silky right there, man. Yo, Gail comes in always swagged out, dude. No, I am so right. jealous. He's definitely got the best fashion in the crew. Oh, absolutely. Without, without a doubt. Black man got to have swag, bro. You do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Filipino man got to have swag. It, man. He's dripping. You know uh, but the, you talk about this new norm. Uh, the new norm gets me hyped as fuck. Uh, you know, I, I'm so excited about the direction that this f- franchise is about to go in. Uh, but you, you know, you looking at the uh, you know the press conferences with the players, you know, the guys aren't smelling themselves. It's just another day for them. Uh, they're they're ready to go back to work. Uh, the one thing that got me so hyped was that I saw a photo of Sidney Jones, just nonchalantly a healthy Sidney Jones, walking into the Novacare, um, yeah. and and he represents the future for this team. So I mean I'm excited, man. Uh, and you have the the players, and Malcolm Jenkins echoed uh, that the players set the tone for this Eagles team. Yes, sir. This is not the same team as last year. We'd all want the same team and the same results, but in reality, it's it's a new squad, and there's gonna be new pieces added into the locker room, and that energy and that fire is so important in those relationships that these guys have. It's so important. So just to see that they're they're taking this so seriously and, you know, like, you know, 
they're, they're back to business. I thought it was an interesting group when they picked uh, the players that they picked to address the media. Because you had two guys in Malcolm Jenkins and Zach Ertz, which played huge huge roles in the Super Bowl, right? Leader, leaders on the yep. team. Guys that were there, guys that hoist the trophy, guys that were on the field partying the confetti. And then you had two guys that weren't there on the field, Carson Wentz yep. and Jordan Hicks. And the one thing that, that I kind of gathered from those two is they kept talking about the rehab group. Those guys that were in the gym competing against each other and they all kind of felt the same way right they all felt like they could contribute to the team in a different way but they were all challenging each other to get on the field and so often we think about okay the the new acquisitions the michael bennett's all right the um you, you know the wor- whirlies well, we'll, we'll, trust me, <laughs> we'll get into that we'll, 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 we'll get into that but we're forgetting that these guys that have been in the training room working their asses off to get back on this field are probably the hungriest players in the entire roster. You talk about a Carson Wentz, a Jason Peters, a Chris Maragos, a Jordan Hicks, a Darren Sproles. Yeah. You know what I mean? These guys are hungry to get back and contribute and hoist their own Lombardi. Because even Carson Wentz kind of said it in that press conference. He was like... kept it real. Well, Yeah, he kept it real. He was like, I was a little jealous. Like, somebody asked him like... So, uh, do you want your own Super Bowl championship? And he's like, dude, I got a ring. Like, I got, like, I, like I got a ring. Say that again, bitch. Yeah, but he wants one of yeah, his own, and yeah. he wants it as the captain of that team, leading that offense all the way to the repeat, baby. Mike, I bleed Philly, working the social media today. Mike, how you doing, bud? Doing all right, doing all right. Make sure y'all hit us up on Fourth of John on Twitter, Fourth of John on Instagram, and Fourth and John on Facebook. We are live on Facebook. We are right live now. on Facebook, Facebook live. for first. But yo, I'm so hyped. The draft is next week, fellas. I mean, Wait, what? Next week? What? Next freaking week? Do I need to say more? It's freaking on Thursday, right? We're throwing a big time. draft party. <laughs> next week. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be a big party as it is. We're going to throw a big party in Philly as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Gail got me hooked last week because uh, remember that meme that he posted that he looked like Gail looks like that dude from um, Geis. Geis. There he is. I, I was watching a lot of highly <laughs> real of Geis. Oh, Bro. Look at you. Bro. Doing your look homework. at you. Look at you. <laughs> your draft look homework. at you. Look at you. by YouTube. I bleed Philly. <laughs> Looking up college prospects. Yeah. Look at you. So what do you what do you think of my son? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna make us a lot of money. <laughs> He'll be that thirty second pick. He'll be that thirty second pick. Do you think he lasts that if long? If he's there. If he's there. I hope he's there. I'll just say that, but yeah. I think I think Gail's right. Probably being right in the mids, probably around fifteen-ish. Guys should be gone. But I pray to God though, be an Eagles green, be nice. Yeah. Gail, do you got the uh, draft order in your little binder? Little binder shit. What am I talking the, the about? Draft, the the draft order. The order itself. Uh, Look that up for me real quick because we're going to try to find a landing spot. I think collectively in here we're on the um, we got we got to figure out a nickname for it because there's the J train. You know, I mean, we got to think about the Geist bike, or I, I don't know. We got, we got to find some sort of <laughs> the, nickname for it. Uh, the Geist is loose. The juice is loose, but well, I, I got the. Uh, it's spe- it looks like juice. If you know, you you got the order. Mm-hmm. All right, sit tight on that, Evan, because we're gonna get there. Evan Bubblegum here, working the soundboard. How are you today, sir? I am doing fantastic. Another day in championship paradise. <laughs> um, you know, we we hit a little road bump this week with the whole uh, Daryl Worley thing. We're gonna get to that, but. Uh, 
it's it's nice that, uh, like you said, I want I want to touch back on the fact that it was so crucial last season to bring in the Chris Longs and the Garrett Bonds to this team, veterans with a ring, veterans with a ring, so they could tell the guys, you know, that when Malcolm Jenkins went out to um, to Minneapolis, he said, yeah, it's it's nice that we're going out there and all, but we, we got business to finish still. That that was something he yes. said, and that was a guy who won a Super Bowl already. That was a guy with a mentality that knows that the season's not over, you know. So I am I'm ecstatic that we the core of our team is locked up until 2020 for for the majority of the players mm-hmm. that are a part of this Super Bowl core, and uh, you know guys like Daryl Worley. That's just as to steal something from Chip Kelly. That's just plug and play. We can just yeah. plug another cornerback in there. Yeah. The 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 thing about Worley. And uh, a lot of people were wondering, you know, were the Eagles kind of quick on the trigger as far as releasing him? And should they have, you know, let the details kind of come out? The fact that the Eagles were as quick on the trigger with Worley Mm -hmm. as they were, it almost reminded me of very Josh Huff-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was caught. Minus the hollow points. Minus the hollow points. If you remember, (laughs) Josh Huff was uh, caught going over, I think it was the Ben Ben Franklin Franklin. Bridge. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the Jersey side of yeah. thing, when I can tell you, uh, being a New Jersey resident and a son of a New Jersey State Trooper, those cops don't fuck around. But I learned through that uh, through that court case that the whole bridge belongs to New Jersey. So if you could pull the whole bridge, the bridge belongs to New Jersey. New Jersey. Yep. Okay. Oh well, then then he was fucked either way. Yeah. Right. But uh, you know, w- when the evidence is like so damning against you, like look, you were pulled over, you had pot in the car, you had gun in the car, hollow points, and hollow points in the car. There's no reason to go to court and wait for the details to come out. And I feel like that was the same yeah. case as the Daryl Worley case where you are passed out in your vehicle, obviously a DUI situation. Mm-hmm. Some of us have been there. Trox. <laughs> <laughs> Not DUI, but maybe passed out in the car. Dude. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> and, uh, you oh. know, you're combative with the police to the point where you get tased. Uh, donkey. I think that maybe the Eagles saw and, and and being as in close proximity to the Eagles facility, it's just not a good look, man. It's just not a good look. It's not a good look for the brand. Yeah. Uh, and no. the, the thing that I was quick to be, I was like, "Yo, you got to release him." Like, yeah. so was he, I. Did he, you catch shit for that? Yeah, people were asking me like, "Why so soon?" I'm like, it, it, "This this this first day is so important." To this team, like, like you're setting the foundation for the season. You you have a situation like that, and you don't nip it in the bud. It's it's more about sending a message to this this whole roster. Yes, it, this isn't about Daryl Worley. Mm-hmm. It's about the Philadelphia Eagles and the team being focused going into the season, all on the right page. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're not starting, we're not bringing that type of energy into the locker room. And and then again, he's a Philly guy, man. Yeah, this is the, that's the shame of it. You know, like, yeah. this is the best situation for him. him. Him to play in front of his family. This is where he grew up and played. Mm-hmm. He could have been a goddamn hero, and now he fucking shit it away. But that's his fault, you know? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Kelly, one of our writers, had an interesting take on that. With uh, I'm not sure if she brought up Chris Carter, but it made me think of Chris Carter as well. Just players that um, are professionals in the league, and then they end up coming back to where they grew up. Like, it's possible that he could have reconnected with guys that, you know, probably weren't the best influences in his life. Possibly. When he, when he came back to Philadelphia from where, you know, he got away. And then, you know what I mean? So, like, that kind of thing could be detrimental sometimes yeah. to and, going and, back to your homeland. And, ju- and just like a Chris Carter incident, like, look, just because – ho- I hope he gets a second chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I've been drunk and fucked up. I think everybody in this everybody room has, has been, uh, drunk, gotten drunk and fucked up. And I think most of the people listening to this podcast right now have gotten drunk 
and fucked up. And maybe maybe lost their job over it. Uh, yeah, and they, and they yeah. might be high right now. Or, or or in the case of Crazy <laughs> Batman fan, he might be high at, you know, right now. Or Gonzo and Terry, you know, they might be doing their thing. But I hope he gets a second chance because you bring up Chris Carter, and that's a perfect example where he was doing things that he shouldn't have been done in Philadelphia. Buddy Ryan cuts him. He uh, he said that's the best thing that ever got that happened to him. It made him refocus his career. Went on to have a Hall of Fame career with the needed Midas. a change of scenery. Needed a change of scenery, and honestly, like a reality check. And he needs a, a fucking fall guy. Yeah, you need a fall. <laughs> Always your, have a fall. Your fall guy drives you at least. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, a guy to fucking drive you in this day day and age of Lyft and uh, Uber. Uber. Yeah. You know, just someone pick your ass up. Seriously, man. Call they, one of your cousins, your aunties, to come down that live in the city. And, and but it, you got to be a pro at the end of the day. Like that's that's the difference between a uh, a rookie move mm-hmm. and a pro. A pro doesn't let them get in these types of situations. Yeah, you have to be responsible. I mean, he's been in the league for like two years already. Mm-hmm. This isn't like yeah, he should he should know. Yeah. Did you guys ever get those replies on Twitter? Be like, well, er- the Eagles are waiting for the Michael Bennett situation, and I'm like, you know what? The, the Eagles must yeah, know a lot yeah. about the whole different Michael situation. situation. Yeah, it, it, it's a completely yeah. different situation, and and you really can't lump that. And and I'm defending my. I'm not even a Michael Bennett guy, and right, I'm, and I'm right. defending it uh, because the way they paraded, you know, the cops up there and, and kind of painted this picture. I mean, the whole thing smelled yeah. of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Plus, again, you have to have some pretty damning evidence against you, like right off the bat. For Being the asleep to make... at an intersection is pretty damning. Yeah, yeah, to, 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 for the Eagles to make that move. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, kind of, it kind of speaks to the point that maybe the Eagles and Michael Bennett know something that the Houston PD don't know, and that is that he's, you know, innocent yeah. and that they're willing to hold on for him. Even, uh, even Malcolm Jenkins... Uh... You know, he could have dodged the question in in his press conference. He actually talked about, you know, it looked like, you know, Bennett was uh, they're they're trying to make an example of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he mentioned that as well. So I mean, that's kind of that's kind of big. And for the guys us. in those in that locker room know, mm-hmm. like they're keeping hush about it. But they, but they but they know mm-hmm. they know. And I think that's the Eagles know, and that's and that's the important part. And Gail, to speak to you, it, it has less to or what you said. It has less to do with Worley and more to do with the Philadelphia Eagles brand. Look, as much as we. You know, Pat Howie on the back for, and deservedly so, for a lot of moves that he's made. The two trades that he's made this offseason, both of them have been wearing handcuffs before they've even worn an Eagles jersey. Mm. So while as the Michael Bennett, that's bullshit, eventually you got to say, like, enough's enough with this. Yeah. And the Worley situation, he was an expendable part. Like, he was yeah. a throw in for Tory Smith. He was depth. They were going to release Tory Smith anyway. Yeah, they just got something for him. He, there was no guarantee he was even going to make the roster. Right, and also they get the, they get that money back as well. Yeah, so it saves like six hundred like fifty thousand on the on the, on the cap mm-hmm. cap space. The 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 only thing that that hurts the Eagles in this situation, besides it's just a bad look. Yeah, um, is the fact that this might, and I'm not saying it will, uh, kind of handcuff them in a way, in the draft when they're thinking about moving a defensive back. Because obviously they saw some value in Worley to the point where I was like, all right, now we've got this collective group of defensive backs. Mm -hmm. We know who our starters are going to be on the outside, Mills and and Sidney. We're going to let the rest of them kind of compete for that slot position and or draft one. But at least we have this stable of defensive backs, cornerbacks, that we can use to maybe package up with a fourth-round pick to move up into day two. Right. Uh, This might organizationally handcuff them a little bit or at least make them think twice about moving a piece yeah. mm-hmm. a defensive back like a Darby yeah. you know I mean still thinking of Howie Roseman I feel like 
how we wrote between those picks between like the first and the fourth there's no way in God's chance that Howie goes two rounds uh, without no. getting a pick no so he, he's working his he's working the phones and it, and it, and it could be it could be trading a current uh, player on this roster it could be moving back you know in, yeah. in, you know into the second round hopefully picking up a you know, an additional third, and uh, we there at the draft party just kind of drinking, yeah. just hanging out. <laughs> Speaking of which, Justin, can you can you speak on the draft party and remind the folks where we're going to be and who's going to be there uh, for the draft party? Yeah, so it's going to be at the 7C Lounge in the FOP Lodge 5. It's on uh, Caroline Road, right off of the Boulevard in the Northeast, right by Chickies and Pete's, Steve's Steaks, all that right there. Um Fourth and John will obviously be there. Corner Pub Sports will be there. Fourth and Go will be there. Uh, Cracked Bell Crew, Santa Booed First, and Two One Five Live. We'll be broadcasting from six, which was when you guys will be on, until ten thirty. Uh, so oh, four wow. and a half hours. That's a lot of draft Bas- coverage, right? Yeah, there. basically uh, through almost the entire first round. So it's like the Wu-Tang of podcasting yeah. for wildfire. Oh, yeah, definitely. The Coachella of wildfire. Except that you guys are allowed to publish pictures from there, though, unlike Beyonce's performance. Oh, oh really? People oh, weren't allowed to Oh, you didn't hear about that? No. Oh, kinda, she came out missed. the next day after her performance at not, uh, and to the media outlets and requested that they not publish any pictures from her performance in case they were unflattering. In oh. case they were unflat, oh what part gosh. of Beyonce is not flattering? Maybe, maybe. Did you see her ass? It, it, in the, did it you goes see her back ass to those like Daisy Dukes. Well, it goes back Good to Lord. that vi- that picture that Good came out Lord. from her two years ago. Woo! I was going to say when over. she looks like a man with that with that uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. facial expression. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Remember that meme two years ago? Beyonce looked like a man should never be said in the same. Justin, am I wrong? No, no. It comes it comes from a picture that came out. Uh, I believe two or three years ago yeah. of her that <laughs> it didn't look very good and it, she doesn't want that to happen again. Okay. Okay. Bay always looks good. D- don't we all get pictures? <laughs> uh, I I agree. Well, once once party with Beyonce was up in forty forty. Wait, what? Yeah. You pretty. once party with Beyonce. Jay Z. Yeah. What? Gail's got all these like yeah. hidden yeah, hidden story. What? All right, so, look at wait. you. Look at you. Take a little time look out. Look at you, a friend of mine. Gail Saunders, <laughs> a friend of mine, partying with Beyonce. A friend of mine had a child with Dame Dash. Okay, and then we're up in forty forty, and she knew. I was like, she knows everybody. How does she know everybody? And, like the security, like everyone opens. Like like who are you? Like she never told anyone that like she had a baby with Dame Dash. Next thing you run to the back, and then this is when Beyonce and Jace first started dating. Next thing you know, Beyonce walks in, and it was like angels and doves were flying. Like yeah, she had an aura about her. It's like like the fog <laughs> like, rolled hey. in from underneath. Like Princess Di or some shit. I would imagine that's how she walks around, yeah. just with angels and doves and glitter flying in and the theme air. music. Of course. Yeah. I'm picturing it in my head right now. <laughs> Look okay. at you. Look at you getting yeah. excited thinking about Beyonce. Hey, uh, speaking of a bad look, too, uh, in another NFC East team, uh, it's been a busy week. Oh. It's been a busy week in the NFC East. I know where you're headed with uh, this one. Uh, Des Bryant. How about this <laughs> throw, throw up the X. The throw up the L. Yeah, the he's, he's an ex-cowboy. <laughs> I'm not sure that uh, that any of us uh, outside of the NFC East really saw this. Com- I mean, we knew about the salary cap situation. We know the... Uh, they, they they signed Hearns, mm-hmm. who's a, who was released by the Jaguars. 
who two years ago, or, or rather three seasons ago, yeah. had like over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns, and that's great. He's kind of been hampered by injuries. and hasn't been able to surpass 500 yards or more than four touchdowns in the last two seasons. And we thought like, okay, that's going to be a great number two for the Cowboys offense. Like finally, it's yeah. not Terrence Williams. They're going to have Des Bryant, Hearns, and then little white trash Eminem, uh, Cole Beasley, Beasley, the wannabe rapper, work in the slot. And now they, they release Des Bryant. Well, I mean, you, you think about if, if the Cowboys are trying to, to go into a different direction. Uh, maybe there was something that Des was doing that was maybe him and Dak weren't, you know, looking eye to eye. Um, but then at the end of the day, when you saw his cap hit, like it was $16.5 million. And I was talking about what, a couple weeks ago about yeah. what Howie Roseman did. The wideouts and the cornerbacks combined. All our wideouts and our corners combined, and, and Mike Wallace combined, cost what Des Bryant cost. And I don't think and it then, was just a Dak issue either. I mean, they yeah. uh, the, even you can hear from Des Bryant. He said, quote-unquote, it was Garrett's guys that kind of made the reason that Des release. So I guess you would say Sean Lee, Dak Prescott, maybe Zeke. And then he, they still have, they still have to pay him like some, like eight mil just to yeah, re- release him. Dead, yeah. So that means they're paying sixteen million. I mean, this is the dumb shit. This is why you don't win championships. Like Tony, they're still paying Tony Romo this and Des Bryant, the and they're not oh even on the fucking roster. You got something? To say? Uh, yeah, I, I heard on, uh, I, I believe it was WIP uh, over the weekend said that the Cowboys have almost twenty three million dollars in cap space. To players that are either retired yeah. or cut off the roster this season. To put it in perspective, how much twenty three million is, they ran down, you know, you can go and get, you know, you're a top flight quarterback for that. And you're sitting there with that money and you're you're paying Tony Romo to go and attempt the PGA tour. <laughs> <laughs> now that and that's why you don't win championships. And in the process of doing so, they really made themselves kind of a one-dimensional team. First of all, your defense is trash. Let, let, let's say, can we all agree? Cowboys yep. defense, absolute Swiss cheese. Garbage. Without Sean Lee. Without Sean Lee. W- w- without Sha- even with Sean Lee, yeah. all right? A little like better. some sort of gorilla glue what? in the middle. Well, yeah. he, well even the, the, the guy that they drafted a couple of years ago, who injured his knee, Jalen Smith, they, you know, they, they drafted him in the second round with the knee injury. Now, you know, they're thinking about it. He's not the guy that they. He's not the guy. Yeah. Signed up. I mean, his knee's not really fully recovered. No, um, so, he was getting burned a couple. So they times. need linebackers. They need safeties. So, so your defense is Swiss cheese, which means teams are going to be putting up points against you. For sure, you better have a high-powered offense, a vertical offense that's mm-hmm. able to answer those scores. When you're, when, I can tell you from the ghost of Chip Kelly past, when you don't have a vertical passing game, mm-hmm. and your entire thing is the run game. And your defense sucks. You're going to be getting in shootouts when you simply can't shoot out. Mm-hmm. I mean, who are they going deep blanks. to? Terrence Williams? Are they going deep to Hearns? Are they going to Cole Beasley if this thing healthy. to death? Like, they're going to be able to stack eight in the box like teams used to do against the Philadelphia Eagles. Shut down Zeke. And we all saw what happens when you shut down Zeke. The whole mm-hmm. thing goes tits up. And then, like, it would not surprise me whatsoever. Hot take. Write it down. Book it. Dallas Cowboys are last in the NFC East. Oh. Last in the yeah, NFC East. My ears. It kind of, it kind of makes them. I don't know, like. It kind of, they could actually draft, be forced to draft a wide receiver. But you just yeah. played your hand. You know, you just played. You need safeties. 
They need some backup depth on their line as well. So I mean, and they, if, they they got some holes. If Alan Hearns ends up getting injured, just think about how like how even more pigeonholed their offense is. Where and he's been be, injured the last two what, years. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, and they're relying on the fact that right. he's going to be their number one. Who, who's their number one if he goes down? Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that uh, that offense, right. that defensive line of the Eagles is just going to eat some that. I know they're hoping that Ryan Switzer becomes the guy. Um, an upgrade over Beasley, and they could draft well. a guy, but to just expect him to step in and be awesome off the like to just carry the team, yeah. put the team on his back, though. Put the team on <laughs> his <laughs> back, team though. on his back, though. Yeah. Where, where, where do you see Des Bryant landing? Because I expect, I half expected a quick signing for Des, right? Uh, and him walking out of the building and saying, "I'm gonna play you twice a year," kind of narrowed it down to like three teams, and it appears that those three teams aren't exactly all that interested in yeah. the guy. Apparently the Giants are. The Giants are. The Giants are interested. I mean, if they're trying in to get him for cheap. Uh, but, I mean, releasing him at this stage, teams don't have money for him. He's going to have to take a, a one-year yeah. Yeah, a one-year Alshon-like deal. Yeah. yeah. And besides the fact, how big, how much money would the Giants be spending on wide receivers if they brought him they, in? They don't have the money to sign him. Yeah. Like, they'd it, be paying for Odell, Brandon Marshall, well, and I, Des Bryant. Well, I, the thing about me that, like, still, Des is annoying is just, like, that's, like, it's always, you know, he's coming to your roster only to get back at his team. Like, yeah. you, like, if you got to give me something extra. Yeah, I mean, if you're a team, you're just like, you know, we want a guy who's here for us. Isn't it's, Richard it's, Sherman it's, essentially it's doing a, the same thing, though? Well, I mean, still. Eagles but, players but he, were he tweeting up in that at him, too, to come to He grew up in that area, went to school in that area. Uh, but I feel like Dez is really more about himself. Yeah. And so, it was just interesting to me that a lot of Eagles players were, like, tweeting out saying, come to Philly. Yeah. Hello, quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm good on that. Hello, just got no, here. He, 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 yeah, he does Lane Johnson. Yet. Lane Johnson even said well, he, that. He, he, he gave I, an eye emoji. Come on, yeah, Lane. All right, all right. Did he? Or did he give yeah, an eye emoji? The eye emoji. The well, last time he gave the eye emoji, it was the Michael Bennett thing. He oh. knew that was coming. So as soon yeah. as he gave eye emoji, like, everybody pays yeah. attention. Uh, two two landing spots where maybe I, I kind of think that Dez might go. Number one, the Packers, all right, because mm. they just uh, they just let go of Jordy Nelson, who signed with the Raiders. But how's he going to catch balls in the cold? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, well, you, you know what? You, you got to do – if you're the Packers, you have got to do something to keep Aaron Rodgers happy because right now he is not happy in Green Bay. They got rid of their quarterback's coach, did not consult with Aaron Rodgers. They he's, got rid of Jordy Nelson, did not consult with Aaron Rodgers. He's got no Olivia Munn anymore. Well, that's he's it. got Danica Patrick now. <laughs> ah, that's true. But when you, when you take a look when you take a look at that Green Bay Packers team, like so many other teams that had a starting quarterback go down, all of a sudden it was garbage. Like the whole team fell apart. It wasn't like the Philadelphia Eagles where it was the next man up mentality. Aaron Rodgers is out. Friggin' forget it. Maybe maybe uh, Arizona Cardinals. I was thinking San Fran. Uh, or Evan Houston. Took my team. Houston, yep. maybe? San Fran's got a lot of money, and who are the guys yeah. that are number one? Marquise Goodwin? I think he's going to go to Oakland. John Gruden loves him. Yeah? John Gruden loves Des Bryant. Is he, you know, I can see I can see Grudog and, and Des. And throw, Des. throw up the Y2 banana. There, there's, there's also the Baltimore Ravens. Trox just mentioned the Baltimore Ravens who are looking for wide receiver help. Uh, you desperately. Know, desperately. So that's something to look out. The Des watch is not over. I just doubt it's going to be in the NFC East. I doubt it's going to be the Giants. I doubt the Giants are going to want any more drama from the wide receiver position. Well, I was just going to go. Do you really want to put Beckham 
and Dez in the same locker room, their head coach is not the kind of guy who deals with those kind of personalities. And to put more than one of them in the same position room, I mean, go. I'm all for it. Go for it. Ramp it up. Giants, go sign Dez Bryant, and we can sit here and watch this dumpster fire for the next two, three, four years. They're going to have to widen however long he's there. But I mean, the other thing was they're talking about Dez and his, you know, uh, you know, his route running. Yeah. And then he had a, a new coach to like coach him along, but like at, at this point in time, we're like, are you really trying to learn how to run routes at this point in your career? I mean, you think about it. he d- he didn't have a game over a hundred yards last season <laughs> for the amount that he was getting. Paid I mean, in, in the mil. last five weeks, he didn't have he didn't have over. I mean, he had like three catches, like four straight weeks, and like thirty something yards. So I mean, the, you know, what does he have left in the tank, and how much our team is really, really going to spend on a player who's declining? Do you, Do you have the um, picks twenty through thirty two? I do. Ready? Okay. Give it. Get because Geis was in the building. He was in Novacare mm-hmm. Complex today, mm-hmm. and it has been well documented on this podcast that we are on the guy. We'll, we'll figure out a nickname for it, but we are a big fan of Geis. Or uh, what's the what's the other running back that uh, that you like the Sonny, one cutter Sonny uh, Sonny Michelle Sonny uh, Michelle and then um, Ronald Johnson okay but Geis is our number one he was Ronald in the building Jones. he was Snapchatting pictures of the Lombardi Trophy oh, yes, he was. which kind of got me you know Moist Gang a little moist bit gang? Moist gang. gang in here a little bit so <laughs> moist game, moist but there but there's a question of whether a guy like Geis who Deuce Staley's been championing for yeah. is going to fall to pick thirty two. Is it going to be like a uh, Dalvin Cook situation where we thought he was going to ho- go high and he might slide into the second round? Or is it going to be one of those situations where a running back is taken high and kind of leaving people at, somewhere in the teens like, wow, you took that guy that high? But picks 20, run me through 20 one at a time, 32. 20 through 32, to kind of, all right, who needs a running back? Well, the, okay. But then you have to look at uh, the Washington Redskins pick, at, I believe, at 13. I've been showing him a lot of love. He actually went to dinner with their their staff as well. Mm. Had a private mm. workout. Um, but you know that I I was feeling like maybe that could be a little early. Maybe they're hoping that he drops. Um, the Detroit Lions. Twentieth pick. That's that was the first. All right. So li- Lions is the twentieth pick. Possible mm-hmm. running back dex- destination. Who's the twenty one? Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Nope. Nope. No. Don't need it. Uh, we got Shady McCoy with the Buffalo Bills. Nope. Uh, the New England Patriots via the Rams. Now, the New England Patriots are an organization that finds hidden gems at running back, whether it be uh, that kid White. They have wh- two draft picks, too. They have two draft picks. They, they, they make stars out of guys like uh, Deion Lewis. You know what I mean? They find yeah. those late round or those Former free Eagle. agent gems that guys in your fantasy football league will be just drafting running, you know, Patriots running backs, hoping they stumble upon the next LeGarrette Blunt who goes in there for one year and just lights the world on fire. So I don't think it's going to be New England. Uh, then we got Carolina. No. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. Mm, possibly. Uh, De- DeMarco Murray's uh, injured a lot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they got okay. Derrick Henry behind him. Okay. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. No, no. no. Freeman. Uh, New Orleans Saints. No, nope. Pittsburgh Steelers. Nope, nope. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Nope, nope. Minnesota Vikings. Nope. And then we got the New England Patriots once again. Uh, nope, uh, nope again. So well, you might you might see like picks twenty if if guys or Sony make it to pick twenty, you might see them stumble all the way into our laps. Yeah. is the point I'm trying to make. 
So well, there's a possibility. Well, the teams that have been showing interest in him are the the Lions, uh, the, the the Bucks at number seven. Uh, maybe the, I mean, they're they're hoping. Yeah, maybe the way, huh? maybe they're hoping to uh, get him in the second, top of the second. Uh, the Ravens at number sixteen. Lions, number Makes twenty. Steelers sense. at number twenty eight. Really? With the, the whole Steelers? situation with uh Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell. Bell. contract. Yep. yep uh yep, and then yep. the New England Patriots. Um really? Yep. Have all showed interest mm. in guys. And and the Patriots will have two swings at it too. Yeah. Oh, I mean well the, the thing about it's also interesting that uh John Gruden um not John Gruden, uh brother brother John Gruden. Jay uh, Gruden. Jay Gruden. The uh, for the Redskins, it, of the Redskins said that it's a good possibility they pick a running back early. So that that could mean to me that means second round early to me. So so Gail, going away from Geis, I know last week we we took a look at some other you know mock drafts out there, whether it be yeah. CBS Sports or, or Bleacher Report. What are some of the guys that you think the Eagles would take a look at at thirty two? At thirty, uh, at running back. Well, no, just just some of your draft nuggets. Um, you know, I think if in a perfect scenario, I think if the the right kind of tackle fell, they they would be all over that. Like a Mike McGlinchey, he goes all over the board. Uh, people have him ranked like top ten, you know, to the bottom of of the first. Okay. And in a recent uh, mock draft, Bucky Brooks had Mike McGlinchey going to the the Eagles, which is that would be a perfect type scenario because he. He's got a ton of starts under his belt. He comes from a good uh, off offensive line in Notre Dame. Great coaching there. A lot of their linemen have been pretty ter- terrific. Um, you think about Zach Martin and the guy Quentin Nelson is probably one of the best prospects coming out of the draft. Plays guard, but uh, he's a right tackle, correct? But th- he can play right and left. So uh, he took but- over for Ron Ronnie State St- Staley. Who uh, is the tackle um, at the Ravens? If they go offensive tackle, does that the problem? Because even the left tackles coming out of college, more than likely will start on the right hand side, on the on the right side. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you're not necessarily looking to replace the next Jason Peters with that, or are you looking to slide to, to, lane to slide lane over? Well, well, but then, then they- if you think about it, in this day and age, there's there's a lot of talent. Uh, you look at look at. Lane Johnson blocking on the right. Look at all the talent he faced last year. Yeah, yeah. Von so Miller. It's it's the ability <laughs> to play <laughs> left side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the ability to play left or right. But if you can get a guy that could uh, be a swing tackle, potentially moving the guard or something, for the time being, um, if a guy goes down, and then you can groom him along. A guy, Connor Williams out of Texas, a guy who's got a lot of starts yeah. on his belt, had a good 2016. Um, that's when he was healthy, and then 2017 he got injured. He wasn't really. He was like kind of not half the man, but three quarters of the dude that he was. Mm-hmm. But uh, he can move inside and play guard, and then also play tackle. Um, and then Orlando Brown, a guy that had a bad combine. Mm-hmm. He, if you look at his tape, he is uh, he's a sound dude, huge long arms. Yeah, Orlando uh, huge he, everything. Uh, he's a big dude. He's like six, uh, what six, eight or six, something. Eight. Like his dad, he comes, like from, a, comes from an NFL lineage. His dad played for the Ravens. Okay. Uh, but the, the thing is, if he loses weight, he was like a 400-pound 400 da- 400 prospect in high school. What? Got, got down to, like, what is he, like, 370s in, a a, in, in college. So you think <laughs> of <laughs> slim 370s. <laughs> so if, if, you, if you get a, a guy like Orlando Brown in with Stoutland yeah. in, in a real NFL program, you have a, a pretty, pretty good chance of succeeding. And learning from Jason Peters as well. 
let, let me ask you a question, a little bit different version of what I asked you before the show. Is there anyone that the Eagles are eyeballing that you particularly don't like? Uh, That's a great question. Like anybody for pre-draft visits where you're like kind of cringing on it? I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty much liking a lot of the prospects, prospects that they're bringing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at, you know, sometimes like uh, there's a good piece of you guys go to The Athletic. You could see uh, it was a good interview with Joe Banner about the prospects mm-hmm. and how they go about the pre-draft. Mm-hmm. Um, visit thing, mm-hmm. and he kind of tipped his hand a, a little bit about what the Philadelphia Eagles do a little bit. I mean, you know, H- Howie Roseman was there under Joe Banner. Do you sure. learned underneath him. Do you have any ideas the number of uh, like player interviews they'll have with players before a draft? Uh, like, is it like in the twenty range? You get thirty. Thirty. Like I mean, but if you, the Eagles do their homework, yeah, like they used a pre-draft visit on the guy from Australia. The Aus- the Aussie rugby player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for them to use a one of their pre draft visits for a guy who's never even played football before, you know, they're doing their homework. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I feel like if you look at, you know, everybody's like, oh, do we do we need another corner? Do we? But you know, they they are looking heavy at the top slot corners in this draft. So you look at Jair Alexander out of Louisville can play inside outside slot, real quick twitchy type punt return ability. Mm. You look at uh, Mike Hughes, another twitchy guy. Where's he at? Uh, UCF. UCF. Um, a punt return ability. But he, he's a tough-nosed guy that could play on the inside. And you look at Dante Jackson, another guy at LSU, mentored under Jalen Mills, can play he, a quick twitch guy, 4-3. Mm-hmm. These guys are 4-3 guys. Yeah. Uh, when, now we start thinking about um, Jalen Mills going on the inside. No, I mean, does he have that no, quick twitch? No, but no. He's the guy that's going to get a shot, but he also knows Jim Schwartz's defense and what mm-hmm. he wants from the slot position. So him having ability to know what Schwartz is looking for gives him an opportunity to get a chance to start. Yeah, I I, I would I was really hesitant on like the 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 nickel corner thing because a lot of people were talking about it. Yeah. you know we need a nickel corner, and part of me was like, listen, we have all these DBs. There's got to be at least one on this team that can play on the inside, right? Or maybe you just strike gold like you did with Patrick Robinson and you go get yourself a cheap veteran free agent that's a speed guy. But the problem about nickel corner is it's a, it's it's almost like a hybrid. It's a tree off of the cornerback position. Yeah. You can't treat it like an outside. Because when you're playing outside corner, you can use that sideline as an extra defender. Yeah. When you're on the inside like that, you have to be able to follow these quick little bastards like a Cole Beasley, but also be able to navigate. You don't have any sideline to help you out. Not only that, but you have to be a corner that's able, physical. You got to be able to shed a block Mm -hmm. because let's say they come out of the three wide receiver set and it's a running play. Chances are it's, you know, going to be on the inside, but let's say it bounces outside. Your first line of defense is going to be your defensive end trying to seal that, and also your nickel corner, whatever side that might be. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, you think about the the Falcons game. I don't know, know if you guys remember that play where Jalen Mills like had to go all the way across the field to make a phenomenal stop. Like he was weaving, weaving through traffic, and, and tough to do, and it made a great play. Uh, but I, I think Jalen Mills has a shot to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's a Schwartz guy. But, you know, the guy I was talking about, Jalen Alec- uh, Jair Alexander, he's like a dog type. Like, he's he's feisty. He's a scrapper like a Jalen Mills. Yeah. When you look at him, I'm like, this guy's a scrapper, and he's a, he's a great punt returner. To be honest with you, from the moment 
Jalen Mills put on an Eagles yeah. jersey, you could see the scrappiness in him. He oh, yeah. he loved hitting yeah. people. Remember when we were at training he camp yeah. and he was yeah. like throwing the ball at Givens and stuff like that? Yeah. 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 The ball at Givens' head. I was like, dude, and this like, guy's an asshole. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> took his face mask, took the helmet off. He was like. I don't give a fuck if you're a veteran or not. I'm and this is a, that, that's this a, a seventh-round pick. That's a yeah. DB personality right there, yeah. like what you want out of your DBs. But I, yeah. but I kind of want that on the outside. You yeah. know, I mean, I want that confidence going up against, like, their number one or number two mm-hmm. being on that the chirping outside. That chirping, too. Yeah, because you're going you're gonna to be dealing with that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I struggle to see Jalen Mills in a slot position where he's going to be running all over the field trying to navigate traffic. He's going to get gassed. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't have that makeup speed. Like that's the one thing about Jalen. Yeah. Like, like he, technique wise, great. Uses the sidelines to his advantage, great. If you get past Jalen Mills, he does not have that makeup speed yeah. to go catch you. Simple yeah. as that. I mean, the thing about Jalen Mills you like is his, um, you know, his awareness. Like yeah. he's a guy that if you look at his pre-draft visits, they have a they have, a, they have an interview uh, on video about him. He's in. He's intense talking to the coaches like, I'm the player. I want to know what everybody's doing on the field. So he's 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 about that life, and yeah. I think you got You got to be a smart player, especially in the Swartz defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Who else you got highlighted over there? I, got, I mean, I got tons of tons of players, but um, if I'm, th- I'm thinking, I'm, I'm I'm really thinking like there is a shot to get guys. You know, right. uh, it, there's been some there's some been some issues with uh, his off field stuff like teams are starting to look into it you know his his brother was in uh, was was like arrested for a drive-by uh his 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 dad was uh murdered at at a young age comes from a tough comes from a tough background um you know they had asked his mother if she was like a prostitute like 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 the des bryant and then and also if if he was if he liked men i I, so we don't know exactly what this like Couple of people, have, you know, a couple of analysts out there have said there's some off-field stuff that we we don't know about yet. Sounds like a Ruben Foster from last year. So yeah, it kind of sounds like, but yeah, not, but not as, but not as bad. You know what it sounds but like he, to me? He, but he hasn't gotten in trouble at all. Yeah. I mean, he's been a solid, solid, you know, athlete. Right, right, um, right, right. If you if you know your NFL history, you know a guy by the name of Curtis Martin mm-hmm. grew up in a former Jeff neighborhood. I don't think his pops was around. All his friends were gangbangers hanging out on the street, and it was either football or end up slinging drugs. Yeah. You know, and he, and he, and it's those guys sometimes that have that rough background that are like the anti Johnny yeah. Manziel, where Johnny Manziel is privileged. You know, grew up you know with money and all the support in the world. You sometimes you want those guys that yeah. know what the streets truly are to appreciate where they're going to be in the NFL and to work as hard as they can because they've been working as hard as they can to get out of those streets. Yeah. The thing about him, he, he likes to channel, he said, he's, I, I like to channel that anger that, you know, from my past and put it on the field. So he runs angry. His one of his favorite players is Marshawn Lynch. God, I would lo- I would kill. So for Lynch. you're talking to a guy that who's could really, he just likes M&Ms. He could be a foundational piece <laughs> yeah. Of the, of the running game You know like Is it Mike and I guy? <laughs> so I do feel like If, if Geis isn't there I feel like The Eagles could They could move back You know if they're If they're trying to get Some other pieces And they don't like Players who have fallen mm-hmm. I feel like they could Move back into the top of the second And that's how Howie can but, acquire but more picks I think it would be Perfect to fall Into the top of the second Not too Not too, too f- Further down 
Like if if someone if there's a quarterback on the board and a team wants to get that fifth year option on a quarterback, they're gonna move up into that thirty second pick and yeah. like we'll take it. It's a very advantageous pick because yeah. you're the last ones before day two. But there's some there's some really good value in the second round. That's where the, a lot of good value is in the second round. There's tackles, safeties. You know, a Ronnie Harrison is there. Mm-hmm. A Justin Reed from Stanford is there. Yep. Um, what, whatever whatever this player is, I feel like this is the draft position where you have to get your immediate impact player. It'd be nice to draft for the future, right? And yep. there's not a lot of needs on this team. They could go play ball right now and compete for a championship right now. But being as you don't have a second or third round pick to kind of bank on, at the moment, like your number one draft pick might be the single most important offseason addition that you have this year. You know, not not Mike Wallace, not Michael Bennett. Your 32nd overall pick might be the one that plays the most and gives you the most contribution on the field during that Super Bowl, you know, nothing above the repeat. So you had so it, it it's a challenge because when you start talking about running back you know, you're kind of banking it for the future because Jay Ajayi might not be here long term. Obviously, yeah. Sproles, that, that's, that whole thing's up in the air. So you're really left with, like, Corey Clement and Jay Ajayi for one year. You have to start planning for yeah. the future. But a home run hitter like that, you could do to raise another Super Bowl banner. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, they're, they're, they're really doing a lot of work on running backs, and they're doing a, a ton of work on tight ends, doing a ton of work on safeties. Uh, so I feel like... And then in corners, and then the, the majority of the corners that they're really bringing in for these visits mm-hmm. are slot corners. Okay. So they they brought the the three top slot corners into this into the facilities, and the Eagles do not shy away from. They'll bring their the guys that they're going to pick first. They'll bring them in for a pre pre draft visit. Yeah, and they you know they're not shy to uh to show their, show hand. their cards. Yeah. Speaking of raising a Super Bowl banner, did you see kind of the leaked one on the Philadelphia Eagles video? Yeah. That was uh, that was there in the training facility? Quick little hint that yeah. they put in the end of that video. Yeah. Everyone's screenshotting. Uh-huh. Everyone's screenshotting. Twitter Made me detectives. feel some type of way after I saw that video. You know, I, 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 I saw it. I'll be honest. I saw it. My first reaction is they can do better on the banner. The banner, yeah. Uh, they looks, can do better. It's just green but the, with but the, the logo. Yeah, but the, the, yeah. The, the problem is, like, yeah. the, the Super Bowl banners – Inside of that training facility, I'm sorry, not the Super Bowl banners, the the other NFL championships and the mm-hmm. conference championships, they match the same exact ones at Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah. They're the same exact yeah. ones, and they match on the opposite side is where all the retired numbers are. Mm-hmm. So, is that kind of like okay, this is what the Super Bowl banner is going to look yeah. like, or I I I, I don't know. It like it was nice impressive. to see a Super Bowl banner, but I was like, ah, you could do better. I was like, hey, what did I get that shit from Fanatics or something? They should do. Or, the <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want that motherfucker to be velvet, silky as fuck, and a little pop. Maybe put some lights on it. You know I, what? You know I what? Loved I, you know, I loved it. Did you, did you, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Listen, the Super Bowl banner yeah, is a Super yeah. Bowl banner. They I don't should do sit the Super Bowl banner that they do outside the link. I like I like that they one. They should that do something really similar, like minimal. They had the Super Bowl logo on the top left, something like that. I want I want, I want yeah. to know what the the theme song that they play when it drops. Dreams and nightmares. Are gonna be like trumpets. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They'll, they'll probably play dreams and nightmares. That whole pregame. Oh, do that. that. Yeah, dreams yeah. and nightmares. Oh yeah, yeah. Meek yeah. will be freed by then, hopefully, oh, and, he'll, and, and then yeah. he can do a live. They carry him on a chariot and horse. Yeah, I'm feeling that. 
Yeah, with a with a full Philly PD uh, escort. Or him with just like, to rub it in. <laughs> he's ru- he's riding an ATV. Right in front of Philly, right? It's gonna be right in front of the Vikings players. It's gonna be right in front of the Vikings players. And also, we were talking about uh, schedule. The schedule is gonna be released on Thursday. Really? Yes. I did not know that. So ESPN is doing a whole special for it from eight o'clock to ten o'clock. If y'all have not heard about it yet, eight o'clock to ten o'clock this Thursday. Is that the day to draft? No, no, the no, draft no. is next Thursday. Okay, next next uh, the Thursday. Yeah, afterwards. this Thursday is when they're releasing the schedule. That's going to be very interesting to look at. Does that mean they'll talk about it for an hour and a half and then exactly. actually release it that's, in the last half a, hour of the show? That's what my question Unless was. Unless they all the, all the beats, the schedule. all uh, the beats are, are leak it anyway. So uh, you'll get little tidbits because, you know, the uh, the L.A. Rams, right, they'll get their primetime games first and then they'll announce that, okay, we're playing primetime, uh, you know, these teams, and that means – it, they'll, it, they'll be able to put the schedule together. You'll know the schedule just by fucking playing Private Eye, grabbing stuff from other beat writers, and Les Bowen's going to be retweeting stuff. So you're going to be able to piece together the majority of the schedule before it's even released. Unless they release it like on ESPN right away, like on the 8 o'clock on the dot, and then they talk about like the that's real good... That's not ESPN. I know that's yeah. not ESPN, but what I'm trying to say is if they did, they could like talk about all the games that are like real like interesting that will go out through the season. Unless they do Under like over that. primetime games... Four and a five. half. Yeah, four and a half. I was going to say yeah, five. Four five. and a half. Yeah. You're already getting uh, one because you're opening up the season. Eagles yeah. ratings, bro. Eagles Yeah, I Eagles say ratings. over. I think they get five. Eagles they get two ratings. Monday night, two Sunday night, and they one They might Thursday get a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Well, every, every day is a holiday when you just won the right. Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Two Monday night, two Thursday night, uh, or, or two Monday night, two Sunday night, and then the Thursday night to open up the uh, the uh, the year. And I know we were talking about, I'm not sure you guys heard, but they're getting rid of the Thursday Night Football color rush ordeal. Remember we were talking about the whole uh, Kelly Green, Kelly Green mm-hmm. last week? Well, I guess those hopes of uh, the color rush for the Eagles. But there's still going to be third alternates. The third alternates are probably still going to be know, black. That co- whole color rush shit was getting like, everyone looks like a pop school out there. Yeah. yeah. So, some of it was, some of it I like. Tennessee's, I, I hate hey, Tennessee's Smurf. uniform. They look like Smurfs. T- t- Tennessee <laughs> has the most minor league baseball team. NFL uniform. Seattle's neon ones were pretty awful as well. They were awful. Uh, I was blind. There was there was a couple good. I thought the Rams. The Rams. The Rams look good. That one was good. The uh, I thought the Jaguars and that kind of like that gold. I thought that was. What? I thought thought that was good. It was like nude. (laughs) The dudes was running out there nude. Um, the Denver, the Denver Broncos, like the orange crush thing going there when they yeah. were all orange. I thought yeah. that was a good look. Miami when they were all teal, I thought that looked good. But you take a look at like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Gail's rolling his eyes. The in Jaguar the fashion uniforms, guy right yeah, here. The Jaguar uniforms were the fucking ugliest shits I've ever seen. He's still hung up on the Jaguars. <laughs> no, I hate I hate the Jaguars uniforms though. Oh, yeah. I, I was saying the color rush was a was a better was version a of what up. they got yeah, going yeah. on. But like the Jaguars are also switching uniforms again. Did you hear that Tom Coughlin? Yeah, the, Tom, the Jacksonville Jaguars released a video where it's Tom Coughlin. Doesn't Coughlin's- the NFL have to approve that? That kind of stuff. Yeah, but, well, you, but yeah. look at the Buffalo Bills. Like during the during the two uh, thousands, like uh, you know, between two thousand and one and two thousand and ten, the Buffalo Bills switch uniforms like three fucking times. Yeah. Yeah. but if you look at the squads that are switching their uniforms, they're usually the worst teams in the league. Tennessee, Tennessee yeah, switching, trying to stay relevant. They're stay trying relevant. to keep 
jersey sales. Most, I don't mind yeah, the two-tone happened. helmet on the Jaguars, but the fucking logo. I mean, it just looks like a cat that just ate a Smurf's ass. I mean, it's the dumbest <laughs> looking fucking uniform. It's real, and and the te- the Tennessee Titans by far are the worst uniforms so, in the NFL. Are, are, you don't think the Bengals? They should they be the Florida. The Browns. I like I the Browns. Like I like the. Browns. Browns. I, I don't mind the new Browns. uniforms. I like the Browns. The new, they, they, the new they, uniforms. I like them. Yeah. Okay. I, I I like I like the, I like I like the Browns uniforms. You know what? I hate the brown like the brown, uh, brown uniform. The orange one Browns I like. Shit. They should go back the to the orange one I like. Yeah. The brown one I I hate it. I hate it. You know what uniforms I really love? The Eagles. Yeah. I I I I, yeah. I, know, I know it's a bias because you know we're obviously Eagles fans. I I do think it's the cleanest look in the NFL. I I do think that although they need an update. They do need an update. They've been rocking the same uniforms since 1996, so they do need like something we'll to touch. spice it up. They need a touch of something. Do you like the Ravens black jerseys? I think those look good too. I hate the rate. If you look at the Ravens uniforms, like the logo on the helmet, have you ever noticed? I, like, I know the, the helmet. Bird, I the hate the bird rides too high. Have yeah, you ever yeah, noticed yeah. the bird is too high on the Ravens? I'm not feeling. Like, I, 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 I mean, I mean like the jersey. In I'm not general. feeling the purple. I think the logo or is too purple. small on the Ravens one as well. Like I like how the Bucks made their logo like enormous on the side. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. They kind of look like fucking power. And the Ravens have a uh, don't they have a, a marching band? They do. That must be a, that must be like a sure. like a like a DC area thing because the, the Washington Redskins got like a a, a band. They don't, too. they don't got they don't got a drum squad like us. Not 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 our drum squad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So besides the Eagles, just throwing it out there. Besides the Eagles, what's like the best? Like taking the Eagles away from the equation. What do you think the best uniform look is? Forty Niners got some nice, nice. Forty Niners got some nice uniforms. Huh? Yeah, huh? that's a classic look. But classic I mean, look. but I mean, same could be said for Green Bay and Chicago. And I just think the Ravens black jerseys are I like pretty the Bears tight. too. I like the Bears too. Yeah, like the Browns. The Bears. You're a fan of the old classics, man. Named yeah. after Gale Sayers, I gotta like the Bears. Somehow. I like their color scheme as well, though. The Raiders, yeah, Raiders. Yeah, like there's some teams out there that just simply cannot change their uniforms. Yeah. Green, Green, Green Bay can't change their uniforms. The Jets went back to their old uniforms. I thought that was a good look. I really like the Lions blue and silver. Oh, I hate the Lions oh, fucking uniforms. Really? Oh, no. The new what ones are okay, but when they had all the black and, and stuff like no, that. No, no, no. Like, just, just the blue and silver ones. Blue and yeah. silver were better. I hate, I hate their logo. Like, just they should the really bathroom. update yeah, that stupid-ass lion. <laughs> Another one they can't change is the Steelers jerseys. Yeah, you, can't, you, can't, you can't change the Steelers. You no. can't change the class. Steelers is kind of tight. Yeah, I like the, the Bumblebee one. The, the Bumblebee are the ugliest jerseys that's ever been worn <laughs> in the NFL. All right. Uh, question I wanted to throw out to you guys, and also to people listening uh, live on Twitter. You can tweet us at 4th and John. And also, we got our Facebook live rolling right now. Uh, so if you go on Facebook, look up 4th and John. We're actually like recording the entire show, so you can look in. For the first I, time I, I, ever. I, for the first time ever, because I know, like. Um, when I put the YouTube videos up, like, half my comments are, where's the rest of the fucking show, dude? And I'm like, I don't got, like, it takes me four hours to edit 30 minutes worth of footage, so We're I'm not... all high in here. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm usually, you know, <laughs> in that state of mind when I'm doing it, so I can't spend that long, you know, editing videos. So we're on Facebook Live. Give us a like on Facebook. Something I wanted to throw out there and something I thought of on the ride down. You know, we talk about the returning players the expectations for them. We talk about the new players, the expectations for them, draft picks, so on and so forth. Who's this year's Nelson Aguilar? Mm. Who's this year's player on the team that underperformed last year? Not that anybody really did during a championship season, but who is going to be that player that takes a light year step next year 
to help this team repeat. You got one, Mike? I got one. I might not like it. Uh, Vitae. I think Vitae will probably step up this year. That's if Jason Peters. That's exactly. If that's Jason if, Peters. Yes. Okay. I uh, I honestly think that uh, Corey Clement is going to prove his worth this year. I think I mean, every last he was, was a stud. He, no, he was a stud last year. But everybody talks about how we need to replace, get another running back, and you know how we're okay. not that deep. I'm saying I think he's going to prove that just because he was undrafted doesn't mean that he can't be one of our go-to guys permanently. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hot take. Maybe Danell Pumphrey. Like, Real? Okay. I, I mean, the player that I saw, uh, he looked injured. He looked off. He, he looked no, slow as fuck. No man. explosiveness like I saw in college. No stop on the dime stuff. I think he probably tried to play through an injury. Uh, probably made it worse. He did get. I, I know he did get injured in camp, uh, but he just didn't look. He didn't look. He didn't. He didn't look right. So I feel like he's got a. You know. You know the monkey's on his back, and I feel like he's probably up 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 to up to the task to show up. I probably got one that's a starter. I guess I tell will be probably not sure if he might be a starter. Mm-hmm. Rodney McLeod. I was thinking Rodney McLeod. Yeah, Rodney McLeod. He uh, he didn't have his best year obviously last year, but I think this year is probably when he'll step up, make yeah. that money worth. The- he he was kind of so underneath the radar, like you mm-hmm. didn't see big plays from Rodney McLeod. He was just kind of. There, yeah. it's not that he screwed up a lot to the point where we were looking at him like a DRC or a Namdi, but but he was he didn't pop like it wasn't like oh god Rodney McLeod, he, like he didn't have those highlight hits that he had when he was in St. Louis at the time. Mm-hmm. He, did that, the that, yeah. he did the Super Bowl. He did the Super Bowl. What are you? Well, yeah. We're thinking about your question, <laughs> like that when you talk talk about Aguilar, everybody was like really hating. Yeah, the yeah. whole idea. I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody was hating on that hating guy. Hating the idea of him, right? Yeesh. So I, I think Yeesh. I think Pumphrey was a guy who's everyone like the Eagles traded up to get him, and I I felt like he got a lot of heat mm-hmm. um, from the from the media and from the fans. And it was funny, like when the uh, the guys were coming out of the, uh, the Super Bowl um, after the players landed on the plane when they got to the Novacare complex. Yeah. After they got off the plane, and the players were were coming out. Like at the bus and everything, and the people were high fiving everybody. Everyone's coming out in their car. all the players are coming out in their tricked out cars and shit, and everyone's high fiving. And then all of a sudden, Pumphrey comes out walking, <laughs> and oh, no. the fans were like, <laughs> uh, "He got picked up by like an Uber. Oh, like it was no. like, and he had a trash bag with him. Uh, and, I, and I was I was looking at him. I was like, dude, because uh, it was like." He was so small that he looked like a dude. Yeah. What do you clean the jersey? Like a fan. He yeah. looked like a fan in the crowd. And I, f- I was like, man, I'm looking at him. I'm just like, man, you know, he he's got a lot. I th- he's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove, and I feel like he's seen the low of the low. And I feel like, you know, you got yeah. one. Tra- you got one tracks before we go to Twitter questions. I guess Sidney Jones doesn't count because he was injured. So I'm gonna go with uh, Mr. Darby. You know, oh. he's got something. If he's, he's in the team. I think he is now. I think he is now. For yeah. now, yeah. Well, he was he was he was injured, and I, people were like, "Yo, did you?" I mean, his his shit was all popped out, and we thought it was over. His, his I, th- was I think over. people were riding yeah, Darby first, a the hard, first uh, you know, game of the season. You know, like that was a grotesque little ankle injury, and he knew he was playing bad too. Like after the playoff games, he he was so like disappointed himself. Like he would openly admit that he did terrible. You thinking about it, he's he's trying to get a, he's trying to get that next deal. And last year was his opportunity to get that next deal. 
So I feel like if you know the Eagles don't feel like he can bring the tape, bring it, bring it to the table this season, I feel like you know they could move on. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the Twitter. Oh, Trox had one. Trox, you had you had a uh, a next Nelson Aguilar. We're all high in here. He just no? he just he just gave it. But did he? Yeah. yeah. Ronald Darby. Oh my God. We're all high in we're, here. We're all high in here. All right. Let's <laughs> let's. Oh my God. Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy. Yeah. Let's go to the uh, Twitter questions, please. <laughs> All right, first question is from Lakers, Canes, 305. He says, do you prefer trading up into rounds two and three in this draft or staying as is? I prefer trading up. I think you got enough ammunition with a pick at like a fourth and a player that you can move up and in the draft. And their picks uh, in the fourth round are 127 and 128. They're like back-to-back. Yeah, so either way, you're going to get a player. I mean, but You that's, get the guy you want. You know, having two picks right next to each other, that's... Yeah. That's some quality yeah. bait right there. I'd, I'd rather give up the uh, the last pick in the first round if it meant we were able to get two in those in the second or third or two seconds somewhere in, the, in day two, two it, picks in day it two. It really depends on like who. Because at that because at that point when you're the last pick in the first round yeah. and you have an entire night to kind of sit on it. Yeah, that's what I was about. Like the value chart almost goes completely out of the equation. Because, it, like you mentioned, quarterback. Yeah, if a quarterback if is a quarterback the board, is there bro. and falls, and all of a sudden, like, a team that maybe didn't get their quarterback in the first round or is desperate for one, yeah. they might chuck th- this year's second-round pick, a second-round pick next year, and another fourth. You know what I mean? So- right. Something and like if that. if you got teams bidding against each other, then they just start lobbying. There's a shit. lot of factors that go into it. Teams bidding against each other. How far is the, is the team looking to move up? Because if you're only looking to move up a couple spots, let's say you're at pick 36 and you're trying to move up to 32 because you're worried that pick 33 is going to take your guy, you're not going to get. You might get. You might get a fourth round pick or a third round pick next. Year, you know what I mean? The, it depends on how high the team that's jumping up wants to jump up, and also who he's bidding against. You know what I mean? So all those play fat. Once you're at pick 32, like that value chart, fucking toss it out the window. It doesn't mean a goddamn thing at that point. All right, we got another question from Matt Eagles I three one seven. He says, "Do you, who do you see more likely to get traded before or on draft day, Kendricks or Darby or a compensation pick?" You, you can trade compensation. Picks I don't, now, I don't, but I don't think we rewarded any compensation. Picks. I think uh, with the uh, we awarded any comp picks. I don't think so. Not no, this year. Not no. this year. No. With the uh, with the news of the Worley situation coming out, I think that with our cornerback depth um, diminishing, we, we can't afford to really uh, use Darby as a pawn anymore. Where uh, Kendricks might be, and especially coming off of the season he had last year, where we thought that maybe he uh, we he didn't fit the system. Mm. He played phenomenally last year. So. When, when he was in the game, the problem yeah. is he doesn't he doesn't play a whole lot. Right, which you know is exactly I mean? the, why the, the, another the reason is to move. Yeah. And for that yeah. price tag, I feel like, you know, that's the opportunity to get cheaper. And they brought in Corey Nelson. And Corey Nelson was one of the top rated uh you know covered linebackers mm-hmm. and he's playing for way cheaper than Kendrick. So if they can potentially try and move him, uh, it'd probably be Kendrick's I mean it, it really depends on who falls to thirty two. Right or what value they can get by moving back a little bit. If a linebacker that they're in love with falls to 32 when they take him, yeah, I mean, it's a safe bet to say that Kendrick's out of there. If a, if a slot corner falls to them at 32, one of these guys they've been bringing in for a visit and are in love with and decide to take, well, you know, it's a, somebody's probably going to get packaged at that point. So it really depends on what picks and what positions are there at 32. Uh, real quickly, Gail, what is your thoughts on the uh, Leighton Vander Esch kid out of uh, Boise State? Uh, Didn't something come out on him? 
Well, it's, it's some like a medical check. You got like a four grade out of a five on the medical check. So, you know, somebody knocked him for something. But, you know, he if you look at a game that you could see his potential in the NFL, look at Leighton Vander Esch versus Oregon. That's the first game where I saw I was like, okay, this guy could do something. He's athletic, a guy that will stay on the field, can run sideline to sideline. Um, he was a former safety. Um, the thing that people don't like about him, only had one year of production, uh, and they're like, "You're at Boise State, and you had one year of production. Uh, he was the only starter for one year. Okay. So, but That's they like flag. his they like his size and athleticism and his you know awareness stuff like that. He, he's rising up the charts, um, but I don't know. I I, I I like other linebackers than him. Uh, the guy I like is BYU's Fred Warner. Uh, another BYU prospect I fall in love with. Fred Warner is. He's a great cover linebacker. You can get him later in the round, mid 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 round. Okay. All right, we got uh, one more question from Brian Savelle. He says Eagles are on the clock and the best available are Sony Michelle, Dallas Goder, Goder, yep. Goder, yep. Connor Williams, Taven Bryan, Rashawn Evans, Jair Alexander, and Justin Reed. Who would you want from that list? One more time. <laughs> Sony Michelle. Okay. Damn. Dallas, Connor Williams. Taven Bryan, Rashawn Evans, Jair Alexander, and Justin Reed. You know, I, I I'm starting to starting to fall in love with. Uh, damn, I, I, I it'd be tough, man. Like between Sony Michelle and uh, Jair Alexander, I feel like I, I I started watching a lot of his games and he's which one? Uh, <laughs> Make a pick, Gale. We need we need this we need this slot cornerback. I don't know. I kind of like Dallas Goddard, man. He's a, he's a beast tight end, and I think like that's we need some more depth in the tight end position. Having him on both sides, having yeah. Ertz and um, Dallas on both yeah. ends of the line, that would be, be pretty too. deadly. Yeah, that would be sick too. I like I like all of them, so it's hard for me to be like they're because they all have that same kind of value in that range. We'd have two tight ends with some sick hands. Yeah. Damn. Sony Michelle would be. I, I. It's either Sony Michelle or Jair Alexander. Nice. Love it. Thank you guys for tweeting in, and uh, thank you guys for checking in on Facebook Live as well. We appreciate it. Before we get on out of here, just a couple quick housekeeping notes. Tomorrow, the Wildfire Studios shirts at site-wide. Not only our shirts, but everybody's shirts. They go on sale. $14 t-shirts. The Skull Baby is going hot. I think we're going to have something going on for the Skull Baby. Justin, tip me in on a little, uh, you, I don't know if you want to reveal it. But not yet. Not oh, yet. Come on. We man. have some details for the draft party and the shirts. Yeah. I'll just tease it at that. But know that they go on sale tomorrow. Get, pick up that skull baby. And for if the first you want to upgrade the, uh, the the T-shirt, you know those the soft T-shirts are very Dude, nice. Dude, the tri blend is where it's I, at. That's where I get I, nothing but the yeah. tri blend. That's that's where I go. You pay a little extra, but but trust it fits me, it, right. it, it fits yeah. right. It's worth it. Yeah, it it is so worth it. The uh, license plate guy, GoFundMe. It is my pin tweet. All right, I'm I've been kind of laying off of it because I don't want to keep bothering people for donating money. But once May hits, we have exactly one month, one month to get up to ten thousands. I believe we're twenty eight hundred to go. Somebody uh, LPG slid into the fourth and John DMs. I don't know if you saw that and said somebody offered eight thousand. Ooh. So right now we're actually behind the eight ball. Go to my pin tweet at the Mighty E Rock. The link to the GoFundMe is there. Just <laughs> I uh, I did a show earlier today, 
with uh, a couple women that come down from New York. They're Giants fans. They have heard about your GoFundMe. Really? They have heard about it. And what did they say about have it? Have they donated? Uh, no, they're Giants fans. <laughs> but but they're not starting their own fucking thing, are they? No, no, no. They think it's a great cause, and they hope that you, that we win nice. uh, in oh, order nice. for us to do uh, whatever we want with the jersey. She said that uh, since it's going to a great cause, why not let a couple Eagles fans win it and do what they want with it? Absolutely. Or That's if we awesome. have to do a fourth and John car wash, we'll fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it better warm up a little bit before we get out there and, and fucking. I want, I want Gail out there in the fucking mustache <laughs> yeah. and Daisy Dukes and, and a guinea tea, like washing down cars. Yeah. That'll be a good look. I'd pay money to see that. <laughs> Me and Daisy Dukes? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Beyonce again, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, all that, all that money gets donated to the Tom Coughlin J Fund Foundation, which once again benefits or, or helps aid families who have children battling cancer. That is a tough position to be in, man. Oh when you got God, a kid with cancer, imagine. it takes yeah. over your entire life. You know, these people are missing work. Uh, they're missing time. They're, you know, they need all the help that they can get. And all of this money is directly wired to the Tom Coughlin J Fund Foundation. So we don't even see it. It just goes right to their PayPal account, and they, and they give it to those families in need. It is a wonderful cause. And once again, the home opener tailgate, we will be burning that jersey and sending it to hell where it belongs. So please donate again. Pin tweet at the mighty E-Rock. Fourthandjohn.com. So much great draft material coming out of there. The writers are doing an absolutely fantastic job of keeping up to date on every visit that the Eagles are having, everybody that they bring in. Uh, to the NovaCare complex, all the people that they're talking to, latest draft rumors, stuff like that. Fantastic work by that entire team over there. So make sure you check out the articles, fourthandjohn.com. Uh, give us a, you know what, I listen to, it's, it's fishing season for me, right? Oh. Which means that I'm out of market. So I listen to a lot of like other Philadelphia-based podcasts. One thing that I noticed that everybody's talking about that we aren't on this show is the iTunes reviews. Everyone's begging for like a positive five-star iTunes review. Make a nice little comment, all right? Give us a nice review. Hey, give us a goddamn review. Give us a goddamn review. No, they, they, they do matter, though. They, they do, do matter. They do tell, matter. tell us why they matter, because right, I so, am completely unaware of why. <laughs> so, so iTunes has an algorithm that they use that goes off of reviews, likes... And a percentage of episodes listen, listened okay. to. And they weight all of them against, you know, with different points against each other. Mm-hmm. And that's how they determine, like, the, the uh, you, know, you know, new and noteworthy, you know, the hot 100 lists and all that. They take, you know, if you guys get a you know, large amount of review, uh, reviews, five-star reviews and comments and everything in a short amount of time, that's going to push you up the iTunes boards and right. open you up hey. to a larger audience. Surprise, okay. motherfucker. All right. Well, well. Ju- uh, listen, I would appreciate it if you guys gave a uh, positive review and clicked the five star. No, 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 no. You got to gotta give the usual script. Uh, no, no. Give ple- me- pl- uh, please rate and view, preferably five stars. Five stars. Hey, on if, iTunes, if, Google if you, Play, and Stitcher Radio. If you ever, ever laughed at one of our memes, if you ever broke bread and shared a beer with us at a tailgate, and if you love this podcast, yeah. Give us a five star review, please. Say please, it with your please reviews do. matter. That, that's going to be something new. I'm going to be pounding there the t- table reviews on. Reviews matter because uh, anybody in this 
studio right now can attest to this. I don't pay attention to jack shit. I come in, I do the studio, I, I do the show. If I feel like it was a good show, I feel great about it. I don't care how many people listen to it or how many people review it. I just come in, do the show, do the best job I can and balance. But apparently this shit matters. So <laughs> give us a positive review. Uh, uh, the show is always uploaded on YouTube, my YouTube page, uh, YouTube backslash uh, or, or slash the mighty E-Rock. Fourth and John has their own YouTube page where Gail's doing fantastic like split screen stuff with a lot of our writers and we'll be doing some draft stuff so draft stuff writers out there i know you guys are listening we're gonna do some draft videos love it Just subscribe to that give us a like on facebook or uh, uh fourth and john on facebook because right now we're doing the live thing we appreciate everybody tuning into that cross that off the fucking list uh espn magazine guess who made espn the magazine hey, look at look you, at you. Look at e-rock look at you on ESPN the magazine, <laughs> going one on one with Drew Pearson. Look at you. Yeah. So anyway, I I had an interview with uh, somebody from ESPN the magazine. Uh, usually, Gail, when you get like interviewed for something, and we we've both been interviewed, that usually you get like one quote. Yeah. I didn't realize that this lady was going to put it in print and put it like full bore, full page. Me versus Drew Pearson, as far as what he pulled at last year's draft in Philadelphia, but it's out there. So check it out. Pick up ESPN the magazine. I appreciate uh, appreciate that. Hashtag fuck Drew Pearson. Hashtag fuck Drew Pearson. And lastly, you remember that guy? And Justin, I got to talk to you about this on the thirtieth. Uh, remember that guy in the um, in the Patriots jersey who went out there at like five in the morning in front of Geno's and threw a cheesesteak and threw a cheese spiked a cheesesteak. Yeah. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. He reached out to me. And on the 30th, we are, he calls himself Young Gronk, right? What? On the 30th, he's actually driving down from Boston to, uh, I, we're going to put him on the 700 level show on NBC Sports, all right? And, and, and run, him through the, uh, run him through the ringer there. <laughs> and then we're going to bring him, hopefully here, Justin, and we can do like maybe, I don't, I don't know, at like 2, 3 o'clock, we can do like a 30-minute, just me... And a Patriots fan. Just an Eagles fan and a Patriots fan. Just a winner and a fucking loser. And a guy and a guy who was holding up a Lombardi trophy and an asshole who was spiking a cheesesteak. <laughs> and we're gonna go one on one with young Gronk. Speaking of Gronk dude, I, I keep telling these Patriots fans, like I said it after the Super Bowl. Don't forget who ended the dynasty. It was the Philadelphia Eagles. And I had all these Patriots fans in my fucking mentions like, no, it's not over. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see. Yeah, we're seeing Gronk's probably out. All these guys left. Once they didn't put Malcolm Butler in, that was the end of that. But we're going we're gonna to wrap this show up. We appreciate everybody once again that tuned in. T-shirts go on sale tomorrow. Give us a good review. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a like on Facebook. Come to the draft show, baby. Come to the draft show. It is going to be a good time. We're o- we're kicking things off, and then we're going to be, be partying for the entire first round. So it's, only, it's like going to be the, the mini tailgate inside the building. Hopefully, we don't burn it to the ground and, and get kicked out. The building's going to pop off. It is going to pop off. So let's do it like we always do it, baby. Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway?
Oh donkey. Oh donkey. We just won the fucking Super Bowl, you jaw motherfucker! I put a team in my fucking back though. Look at this dude. I put a team in my fucking back though. Alright, uh, let's regroup here. Let's regroup. Um <laughs> Not a mercy. Does he look like a bitch? Buy another one, you rich motherfucker! Yes you did! Okay! Fuck! I put a team in my fucking back though. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.